to Practical Rambling Fathers. We are going to talk about the four cardinal virtues. Oh, yeah. So, uh, happy Advent, now that we're into Advent and Can all you, that that is for everyone. So Can you believe that? So, now we're releasing uh, this on the 9th of December. Remember, Jesus is not born yet, all right? For those Christmas early shoppers, settle down. It's only the first week. You have to shop. No, this is actually the second week. We're into it quite a bit, actually. Oh, misspoke. Take it back. So, we're going to cut that. (laughs) Anyways, we're going to talk about prudence, justice, (laughs) temperance, and fortitude. Uh, The cardinal virtues. uh, And why they're called the cardinal virtues. They're the hinge point. They're the fixed value of life. So, the fixed value of where... How I act after I get back my emotions. So, last time we talked about emotions... They come up, okay, what's there, what's not there, okay, it's there, okay, what's the virtue? And these four car- the virtues are what fulfills basically any of those sub-virtues. Sub this is what they go through or that needs to be in charge of them, if that makes any sense. Yep. So they govern, right? So these four virtues are particularly, they govern my action they order my passions and they guide my conduct according to faith and reason. So it's super important to have um, these in place um, and to grow in them. And so we're just going to start in. Uh, oh, lastly, this came kind of came to us. We used to say this all the time and still say it in seminary, but that grace builds on nature. Mm-hmm. So this real sense that these are all natural virtues. We don't need the divine to help us in some sense with these virtues. We these, actually do it. Yep. These were all... Basically, Aristotle came up with all of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So the pagans can do this. Like Anyone should be able to know that these are the virtues that exist mm-hmm. that we need in order to live... Correct. A good, virtuous life, essentially. Mm. Yes. So it grace builds on top of what the nature is that we have. So if we have these, then grace goes on top of it, and we get into the theological virtues and how to see and understand the theologicals of faith, hope, and love, which is our next one. Correct. So. Okay. This is a fun job. I just like to add one last correct, and that's good. Thank you for your input. All right, so prudence. So we'll start in with prudence. Go ahead. Prudence is my favorite um, because I'm not very good at it, actually. Hmm. Most of our generation, we did this test in seminary that said what cardinal and what theological virtue you suffer the most in. What do you need to grow in? Practically, I would have prudence. And so majority of our classmates was actually prudence, So, which our rector at the time kind of found kind of hilarious. Um, but the, uh, the prudence, right? So prudence, uh, there's three steps of prudence. Very super practical. Knowing reality. Okay, what is the reality in front of me? And number two, knowing the good to do in that given reality, in that given situation. What is the good? And this is the part where if we suffer from it, We suffer at one of these. This is the one to actually do the good. 
Yes. To actually concretely, uh, to take the means to achieve that good that you see in that situation before that time. Yep. And then not only to see it, but to do it. So, Let's late at night, yep. I'm watching Netflix. The good is I go to bed. Because I have to work tomorrow. Because I have to work tomorrow. I have to get up. I have to be functional. Or at school for 7 o'clock, whatever time you go to school at. So, okay, I have the reality. I know what I'm doing. Yep. This is what I'm doing. And the good here is to go to bed. But what do we do? What do we do? Yep. We're so smart and intelligent. So smart and intelligent. God gives us everything. We go, huh, I'm going to watch another episode. And then I'm going to watch another episode. Who needs sleep, right? Sleep's for the dead. It's us. We feed it. Oh, my gosh. So, anyways. So, talk about practical, right? So to actually do that good. All right. It's evening. I know the reality. I know the good. It's to me to go to bed. All right. I'm going to bed. Perfect. We have one buddy. That's what he does. He's like, all of a sudden, it's 9 o'clock, 9.45, and he's like, I'm done. I'm going to bed. See you later. Yeah. He doesn't suffer from prudence. Yeah. It's so much more than just following rules. I think that's what a lot of people think when we use that example. Like, oh, you're just following rules. No, it's... It's his way of thinking, you know, which we all think that way, right? If I go to bed early tonight, then I'm wide awake so I can work 100% tomorrow. Because what if there's someone who needs my help tomorrow, right? Versus I stay up late and I'm crabby tomorrow and someone who's never gone back to the church finds you as a crabby person. How's that going to help the, the case, right? So it's always good to have the bigger picture. Jeez, nice. Okay. Sorry. So it's, yeah, prudence is... Basically, we learn prudence from the consequence of imprudence, right? So being imprudent, we're like, oh, no, I didn't do that. I didn't do that because of whatever. And Mm -hmm. now I want to be prudent. So it's the feedback. So that's how to grow imprudence. All right. Father Tay, you're up. So justice. People often mistake the virtue of justice. Well, first, let me give the definition, right? Justice means giving what is actually owed to the other. And there was a Facebook post that was going on for a while about three people standing behind a fence and trying to watch a football game, right? And so for society, they believe justice in giving what is equal to everyone. So they'll give everyone two boxes and they'll all stand in the boxes. Well, what if one guy is six foot tall, another guy, he's three foot tall, and another guy, he's five foot something, right? So even though they're equal, someone might not be able to see past the fence, Versus justice looks at the situation and says, no, what is actually owed to the other, right? So the people who are shorter, they're owed more. <laughs> they, they need to give them the advantage. They have more boxes so they can have a level, level playing field. And so that's what justice is, is to understand more of our rights and our dignity as a person. And so there's three basic forms of justice. First is, go ahead. Uh, all right, so what do we do? There are obviously, so justice, this right of duty, which is what he'll get into, but um, on rights, right? So one of the basic rights, right? Human dignity, human life, right? We all yes. agreed that human life should is be important. Yep. That should be protected, but it's not even that. It's a simple right of existence. Like you, yep. you have the right to exist, not because of anything you did or didn't do. Mm-hmm. You just have that, and we live in a society where that's not the case, which is bizarre. But yep. um, that was a very 
justice was very much uh, is uh, based on that right. And then there's rights that come about because we live and because we're in society and because we have one another. Um, but justice, the right, is, is why we have the ability for justice. Justice is also outside of ourselves, so we can't be just necessarily towards ourselves, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. towards the other. Yep. So. And this will see, we can see the three basic forms of justice. It's more about our relationships and our interactions with people. For, for example, number one, um, our relationship with, with one individual to another person. What do I owe this person to? What is given to this person? The second one, then, is what is my relationship to my society? And so is it the individual um, versus, the, versus the city? And then, and then it's... Um, and then it's the sorry. Second one, it's relationships of the social to the individual. What does the city owe me? What do I need from the city? And the third one is individual to social. What do I give? What do I give back? Or what, what do I owe to, to the city? Right. So put it this way: um, you come to me, you do some work. I now owe you. I have an ob obligation to owe you something. Okay. So I owe you something. I have to pay you for your service because now that's valuable to me. Yep. So I'm paying you for that. So I pay you. Okay. If I didn't pay you, that wouldn't be just because there's that work. Okay. So now the government or the society pays for. I have street or cop, or, you know, policemen that patrol the streets. I have firefighters. Mm -hmm. I have um, government officials that work for me. Uh, that you can get into that, but we won't. Mm -hmm. uh, so because of that, I, I, I'm obligated for paying my taxes. Mm -hmm. right? I'm paying into something more to me. So that's the just thing to do. Now we can talk about what level of just it's, it is when it's in it, going into a uh, divine law versus human law and all those things, but we won't. But justice in the simple sense is, is to do that to give what is due mm -hmm. um, and it's always in relationship to that other so correct yes so you're going to stop drawing I'm listening okay I'm just very happy you're on the next one sweet so we're talking about temperance no the rank of justice okay so uh, the rank of justice it's the good person so the just person mm -hmm. so you need prudence in order to have justice so you need prudence, and then you need justice. Oh. And so whenever we recognize, this is a really interesting thing, whenever we recognize somebody in this in society, we give them an award for whatever it is, Yep. Um, their goodness, and recognizing their goodness, it's because they're a just person, mm -hmm. which probably means they're also, they are most likely a prudent person too. But they're a good person because it's our outward, justice is our outward conversation that we have with others so it's how we show others that they have a dignity they have rights and we give them that rights and so it's an outward sign of inward virtue um, essentially but it's the it's the high form or it's the it's under prudence prudence is the highest justice and then so that's where it ranks in in these three so all right Correct. on to the next one yep so one of the theological virtues we're talking about right now is temperance, and temperance is uh, is easily mistaken for moderation, but so so much more than that. 
the Catechism in paragraphs 1809 describes it as mastery over uh, emotions and instincts within uh, the confines of being honorable, right? What does that mean? That means, do I view the goods of the earth? Do I use it in a healthy manner that ensures that I have good health, I get good enough sleep, I can become a, a, a good servant, a good steward? So it's really the selfless way to preserve my life. So in order I can serve others, I can serve God, not just myself, but for others. So a concrete example will be this. It's a Friday night. You know you have to work early to, uh, on Saturday morning. But what's, uh, what's a, a good temperate thing to do is to understand that I want to be a good, effective worker. So I want to go home, right? I'm going to sleep early, go to bed early so I can be wide awake tomorrow and, and be ready for the day. The opposite temperance says, you know, it's your day off, so you can stay as late as you want. But how is that being, how is that living an honorable life, knowing that you're kind of dripping yourself to be the best worker that you can do and, and to be the best Christian, cap Christian that you can be for the world? Yeah, so it's, uh, it's uh, yeah, I mean, I like the work analogy, but I also would add into it, like, just being a human being. Mm. Just how am I going to be, how am I living out the dignity that God's given me Boom. In, in how I act towards myself and what I choose not to do and do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so temperance, is, it's a wonderful thing. It's almost like a, um, I, I'm going to use an analogy of like, uh, you know, uh, like a, a tool that sharpens knives because you, you temper it. But then you also give it a better purpose. Because people think of moderation as kind of like a, something that you stifle your emotions, you stifle all your, all your desires, and that's it. Versus temperance saying, no, what's the what's the, the other picture, right? I'm made image likeness of God. How am I living that? How am I, Do I believe that? Do I live it on a daily basis? And so temperance is so vital in helping us to fast, right? To practice self-discipline. Um, it, it helps us understand why we need to be chased, right? And so that we can love God in a holistic and a holy way. Um, it also looks at the other uh, virtues too, like prudence, right? Yes, I may feel this way. I may feel very angry at an injustice. But how am I being prudent in the way and how am I constructing the anger, right? Where do I let the anger go? Do I go out to make a difference by educating people about the social injustice, uh, injustices that are occurring in the world? So, it's a, so it's, a, it's a very hard thing to do, but at the same time, it requires a lot of humility, right? How do we discipline ourselves? How do, how do we discipline our emotions? To use it as a motivator, but at the same time, not to be ruled by emotions, but to realize they all have a certain place in our own lives. Uh, Perfect. Oh, lastly, just want to add this whole thing in moderation. So, in temperance, you can't be temperate with evil, yep. right? So you can't be temperate in how much illegal drugs I use or don't use. That doesn't make sense. You can't be in, you know, how many people I kill or I don't kill, mm-hmm. um, how many times I cheat, how many times I don't cheat. Like you can't be temperate because in those acts in themselves are not virtuous. Yep. So it's not a it's not a moderation of uh, e- evilness of, of vice. You can't be temperate in you know 
those types of things. You can only be temperate in the good that's already been coming your way. So the goodness that you are. So you can be temperate in food. You can be temperate in drink. <laughs> and then you also have to be humble, right? So how am I around when I, you know, have a drink or two or, you know, and to actually have that focus of like, okay, I'm, you know, I suffer from alcoholism, right? That's my cross. And so, okay, because of that, I have to be, it's not even a, a possibility of me being tempered in that. Mm -hmm. And so then I get into this near occasion, like I don't exactly. even want to put myself near that because I'm being temperate because of temperance, humility, doing the good, all those different things. Mm -hmm. uh, remove me from that situation so that I, because you can't be temperate on something that's evil. Mm -hmm. You can only be temperate towards the good that's good. already in your life and who you are. So, yep. <coughs> Beautiful. Then that leaves us with? The virtue of fortitude. The virtue of fortitude. So fortitude is in always in reference to you dying. So you're dead. Explained. Right. So in some sense, um, it's this readiness to fall in battle, um, which means what? It means that you can actually be injured in this life and to persevere through that anyways. Mm -hmm. So the angels, interestingly enough, they can't be brave. Which is really interesting when you think about, like, St. Michael, like, you know, taking on Satan, right? He cast him out with the blood of the lamb and the word of his testimony. Was St. Michael not brave? That's just an interesting speculative question. So, I guess maybe he couldn't be, because he couldn't be injured, because he's an angel. So, anyways, all aside, uh, mm -hmm. it's to be brave, it's to actually, because to be brave, you actually need the necessity to be to suffer injury, mm -hmm. and be man is by nature vulnerable, so he can be brave. So he can do the good um, in the situation, um, regardless of uh, what's coming at him. So he's standing up. Essentially, the ultimate injury to humans is death, and so in anything that is is to move through that so it's the virtue that ensures our firmness, our firmness in difficulties and consequently in the pursuit of the good it strengthens the resolve to resist temptation and to overcome obstacles in the moral life so it's to continue to mm -hmm. uh, persevere for the good because my life does have an end Mm -hmm. And it's in God, and so I'm looking towards God to save me in the moment, to give me the grace in the moment right. to continue um, to fight. So it's this willingness to fall in the battle. And then it's also this sense of, I don't... It can't be... Fortitude must not trust in itself. So fortitude can't... You can't be fortitude if you don't know the good. Mm. So you can't be, you can't have fortitude if you don't realize your own death. If you don't realize the uh, the stakes, essentially. So you need to be able to realize those stakes, and it's um, it takes death upon oneself, not in itself, uh, is praiseworthy. So to take on death doesn't make sense. It's only solely because of it's subordinate to the good, and the actual good is God, right? And so um, it is not the injury that matters, but primarily the realization of the good. 
So by me overcoming this temptation, me resisting this temptation, me overcoming this obstacle in the moral life, mm-hmm. being brave in all those situations, um, it's the good that I'm going after. It's not the injury that could happen or result. Mm-hmm. It's I'm going for the good. I'm overcoming this um, mm-hmm. to be brave. So, yeah, St. Paul says in the scripture all the time, right? I've run the race. And I've kept my eyes focused on Christ. And how many times Jesus had used the parable about the faithful, stu- faithful servants? Like when the Son of Man comes, will he find faithful servants, right? And there was one a couple of weeks ago saying, wouldn't the master tell his servant instead of uh, eating with him to serve, tell him to wait for wait him at the table and serve him? Once again, this virtue of asking to be faithful in the small matters and duties of our life. It's not glorious. And I think that's why for to ask for real martyrdom, can you stay in the fight? Can you do the small things every day of your life? Right, right. Um, and then this other thing, Right, so this real sense that for prudence is is wrapped in here too. Prudence is the king of all of these, but yep. uh, it's wrapped in here so that I know reality, I know the good, and I do the good. And the fortitude especially comes in that last piece, right? To do the good, to do the brave thing, to to pursue that, to actually choose that, and to go through with that. And then you know, two two last thoughts. Um, it's to be brave um, in endurance, in patient endurance. Is that's the world? If that's what the Lord's asking of me, mm-hmm. or it's to go on the attack of the good. So I overcome this by going on this attack. So am I gonna hold hold back, or am I going into it? And so that's also a gift of uh, of fortitude. And then there's three types of fortitude vital moral and mystical and um, the virtue of fortitude keeps a man from so loving his life that he loses it Mm. so that's real sense that um, Christian fortitude is both a spiritual and an intellectual sense and Mm. it develops um, degrees of perfection in the interior life. So as I'm uh, as I'm living, right, I'm doing things towards my day that yep. I'm overcoming things. I'm mm-hmm. overcoming, you know, just daily day things. So my life, and then my moral life, right. So I'm overcoming sin. I'm overcoming temptation. I'm coming overcoming those obstacles. And then mystical. I feel like mystical would be calling into martyrdom itself. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Meaning, uh, like, how are you using your life as an example to strengthen the faith of others, right? Are you continuing to bolster your brothers and sisters in Christ? How are you helping them to grow in their faith by, you know, just being faithful, right? Mother Teresa says, you're called to be faithful, faithful not, not successful. successful. And that's why fortitude is so hard because we want to persevere but yet be successful at the same time. So... St. Teresa of Avila, a Christian mystic, St. Teresa, um, says that fortitude ranks first and foremost among the prerequisites uh, of perfection. In her autobiography, we find the decisively formative statement. This is St. Teresa of Avila. 
I assert that a imperfect human being needs more fortitude to persevere in the way of perfection than suddenly to come to a martyr, to become a martyr. So that real sense of every day being fortitude, doing the brave thing each and every moment um, leads us to the ability to sacrifice our life, like Sam Maximil Kobe, right? When he offered his life for the married man in Auschwitz, it wasn't probably even a second thought for him because exactly. he, understood. he had lived a life of fortitude. He had lived a life of mm-hmm. the virtues, lived a life of God, mm-hmm. and ultimately um, even into the theological virtues, which we'll cover next time. So thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to Practical Rambling Fathers. And we'll catch you uh, right before Easter on the 23rd. Um, and we'll talk about faith, hope, and love. And probably have maybe one or two more uh, episodes during that week uh, for Christmas-themed things anyways. So uh, we have an email address that we want to put out there. It's practicalramblingfathers at gmail.com. So as we're praying with this and what the Lord is asking of us, we're Mm -hmm. trying to say, okay, what's the direction that you all are concerned about what practical things do you want to know and us to talk about um, in those different ways. So email us, shoot us an email, we'll try to look through them, uh, either get back to you or at least um, pray with different directions that people might be shooting in. Mm-hmm. And then we also just started a an Instagram, Instagram page at Practical Ramming Fathers. That, and then our username is uh, capital P, capital R, capital F, P R fathers and so the rest of the word fathers is in lowercase so capital prf and then fathers sweet perfect awesome well thanks for tuning in we'll catch you next time god bless